Good morning and welcome. I'm David Zichterman, the pastor of Emden CRC. This morning we'll be talking about love. The opening prelude from What Wondrous Love Is This? reminds us that for any adequate understanding of love, we must begin with God. As Paul says in his letter to the Romans, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So today we rest in God's wondrous love, so that our hearts, filled with God's love, may spill out in love towards others. God's greeting this morning comes to us from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. To the church of God, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now for a few announcements. There will be another prayer meeting today at 1 p.m. Anthony and Sarah hope to join us. The information to join is the same as previous weeks, and I hope you are able to join us. On Thursday, May 21 at 7 p.m., an Ascension Day service will be live-streamed on Raymond CRC's YouTube channel. To find it, simply go to YouTube and type in Raymond CRC in the search bar. It'll be a combined service with Raymond and Bundy. Now, as we listen to Love Divine, All Love Excelling, sung by Jesse, reflect on these words from John chapter 15. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Love divine, all love's excelling. Joy of heaven to earth come down. Fix in us thy humble dwelling. Now let us turn to our God in prayer. Dear God, in love you created this world, and by your love you sustain this world. Teach us to rest in your love. Help us to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, this love that surpasses knowledge. Fill us with your love that it may overflow out into our lives, that we may be vessels of your love, devoting our lives to love and serving others. Forgive us when we live selfishly, when we fail to love and care for others. Renew us in your love. Lord Almighty, loving Father, we pray for this world that you created and love. We pray for an end to the pandemic, for your blessing on scientists as they search for a vaccine and effective treatments. We thank you for all those in the medical profession who are risking their lives to keep our society safe. We pray for our government at the national, state, and local level. We 
ask for your wisdom and guidance for those who are leading. As more and more businesses begin to reopen, we ask for safety. For the seed recently and still to be planted, we ask for your blessing, and we give you thanks for the gentle rain. Dear God, we lift before you the needs of this church. We continue to pray for Jerry. We ask for healing for his body, for treatment that may be effective, and for your comfort as he goes through this ordeal. We continue to pray for Linda and Carson and all those with ongoing needs. We thank you for the ways that you continue to gather and equip this church. Draw us ever closer together through your love. Dear God, we give you thanks that you hear our prayers, that you take notice of our lives, that your love for us never fails. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. As you listen to our next song, Christian Hearts and Love United, sung by Jesse, reflect on these words from John chapter 13. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Before we hear God's word, let's pray. Dear God, may your word make our love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. May you strengthen our hearts so that we will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. We pray in his name. Amen. Heidi will now read our scripture passage for us. I'll be reading from 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31, through 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13. But eagerly desire the greater gifts. And now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clinging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mystery and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. 
And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Paul's discussion on love takes place in a larger context about the role of spiritual gifts in the life of the church. Now, the discussion about spiritual gifts takes place in the much larger context and main theme of the entire letter, that of Christ crucified. The church in Corinth was divided and fractured on many different levels. It had split into factions and cliques. Paul begins his letter by reminding the church that the gospel consists of a crucified and risen Lord. They were to focus on Christ crucified, who alone deserves all honor and praise. Now, I think a few scenes from the book of Revelation might help explain how this emphasis on Christ crucified fits in with the spiritual gifts. The spiritual gifts are gifts of the Holy Spirit that enable the church to say, Jesus is Lord. As Paul later says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. These, these gifts of the Spirit are many and varied. There is no complete list. But in chapter 12, Paul lists some of the gifts of the Spirit as wisdom, knowledge, the gifts of healing, prophecy, speaking in tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. The Holy Spirit gives these gifts to the church so that the church can proclaim that Jesus, the crucified and risen Messiah, is Lord. Now, one gift in particular was highly prized by the church in Corinth. That was the gift of speaking in tongues. And this speaking in tongues was believed to be the ability to speak the language of angels. Now, with that in mind, listen to these scenes from the book of Revelation. John is having a heavenly vision, and in this vision he says, Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousands times ten thousands. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And a little later, John saw something similar. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their face before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Pretty powerful scenes. Some of those in Corinth were claiming that during their worship, they were joining with the angels. They were claiming that they were joining the heavenly choir in the special language of the angels. They were having powerful and otherworldly worship experiences. Those who had these experiences rightly thought it was amazing, but that personal benefit wasn't being translated into community benefit. Their individual worship highs were failing to build up the rest of the church. Instead, it made the worship chaotic. It was distracting. So Paul wants to remind the Corinthians of the most excellent way, the way of love. 
Paul wasn't discouraging the spiritual gifts. In fact, he encourages them to eagerly desire the greater gifts. For through the gifts of the Spirit, we are enabled to say, Jesus is Lord. But the gifts all have to be harmonized and made subservient to the base note of love, because love is the most excellent way. Without love, all the rest is nothing. As Paul says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, even if you can speak the language of angels, your praise ain't adding anything to the angels' chorus if there is no love. In high school, I had the rare distinction of actually being cut from the choir. I was that bad. I couldn't hit a note if my life depended on it. This is Paul saying to those who could sing in the language of angels and yet lack love that they're cut. It wasn't only speaking in tongues that was serving as a distraction, though. Apparently, prophecy was as well. Same with faith that could move mountains, giving of alms to the poor, and other feats of self-sacrifice. These were all activities by which the church in Corinth measured their spiritual pedigree, their spiritual progress. If you spoke in tongues, then you've made it. Then you were bona fide, already enjoying the worship of heaven here on earth. Not far behind was prophecy, a faith that could move mountains and feats of self-denial. But here Paul was saying, not quite. These things don't mean anything without love. No spiritual progress is made if these gifts are not accompanied by love. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. Without love, there is no spiritual progress. Now, we also have ways of marking spiritual progress, unwritten rules by which we say, that person must be spiritual. They are marks of piety. It seems to me that the marks of piety, piety that we consider spiritually significant are Bible reading, prayer, generosity, church attendance, a calm and patient demeanor, and offering wise counsel. Just as Paul encouraged the Corinthians to desire the greater gifts, we rightly encourage this kind of piety today. But piety, like the spiritual gifts, if not performed with love, only distract and fail to build up the body of Christ. If I faithfully read the Bible each day and devote my time to praying, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I faithfully attend church each Sunday and gener generously give 10% or more of my income, but have not love, I am nothing. If I am calm and patient, even in the midst of great distress, and if I regularly give wise and thoughtful counsel, but have not love, I gain nothing. It is like what Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Without love, there is no movement, there is no reward. Without love, there is only nothingness. 
no spiritual progress, no movement toward God, no building up of the body of Christ. Without love, worship is hollowed out. But, Paul urges, there is a most excellent way. It is the way of love. Love will make your piety significant. Love will draw you closer to God. To God. Love will allow for the body of Christ to be built up. Remember now the larger context of this discussion. There were all kinds of divisions going on in Corinth. The misuse of the spiritual gifts, that is, spiritual gifts without love, was no doubt only making the problem worse. Paul began the letter by reminding the church that they need to remember and focus on Christ crucified. That alone could draw them together. And that is because Christ crucified gives us a glimpse of the depth of God's love. As Paul says in his letter to the Romans, God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This was the ultimate expression of God's love and regard for fallen humanity. While we were helpless and hopeless, rebelling and running from God, God came after us. He moved into our neighborhood and embodied his love in the life of Jesus. In Jesus, we see and know the love of God. We see his patience with his disciples, his kindness toward the hungry, sick, and children. He is the opposite of proud. He left behind the benefits of heaven so that he could serve and wash his disciples' feet. Jesus was never rude nor self-seeking. He didn't come to advance his own agenda, but to do his Father's will. Not my will, but your will be done, he prayed in the Garden of, of Gethsemane, shortly before being crucified. Jesus wasn't easily angered. The few times his anger is documented, some such as when he overturned the tables of merchants in the temple, it was righteous anger to return the temple to its proper use. Jesus also kept no record of wrongs. By the blood he shed on the cross, our wrongs are covered and forgotten. Jesus does not delight in evil, but rather hates it and destroyed it by his death and resurrection. Jesus instead rejoices in the truth. In Jesus, we find someone who always protects, trusts, hopes, and perseveres. If you want to understand love, study Jesus, the crucified and risen Lord. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. He does not envy. He does not boast. He is not proud. He is not rude. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. Jesus does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. He always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. The most excellent way is Jesus, the embodiment of God's love. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Get to know Christ crucified, Paul urges his readers. That's how you can get to know that God, the God who loves you. And that is also how you allow his love to flood your life. As 1 John chapter 4 states, We love because he first loved us. By resting in God's love, by learning what love is, by learning who Jesus is, our hearts learn to love as well. 
And this love is worth the effort. For as Paul goes on to say, love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. I think we can add to this that our piety, our Bible reading, church attendance, generosity, and timely wisdom, these too will cease. For these are things of the present order, marred by imperfections. We know in part, we prophesy in part, so likewise our prayer and Bible reading and church going and generosity is partial, always less than perfect. But when perfection comes, the imperfect will disappear. Paul then uses two analogies. These both highlight the imperfect of the now while also highlighting their properness. Paul doesn't want us to think that spiritual gifts, much less our piety, is bad or improper. He just doesn't want us to forget or neglect love. The spiritual gifts, much like our piety, are proper and useful for this time in which we are like children. They do equip us and help us provided they are done in love. They do help us reflect the glory of God in this often sad world. But they won't compare to what lies ahead when we shall see face to face. When we shall see face to face, when Christ returns and we join the heavenly choir depicted in Revelation with all the redeemed and the angels, then the only thing that will remain is love. Not any of the gifts, nor our piety, but only love. Spiritual gifts come and go, but these three remain constant for the life of the church, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love, for love never ends. This is why it is the most excellent way. So let us imitate Christ this week, who showed us God's love. Let us show our love in acts of patience and kindness, in service and humility, by delighting in by delighting in the truth and shunning evil. For through love, we witness best of all that Jesus is Lord. Let us pray. Loving God, thank you for revealing your love in Jesus, the crucified and risen Lord. Help us to always witness to your Lordship in love by imitating Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen. And now a parting blessing from 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. Amen. Our final song is Boundless Grace, which will be sung by Jesse.
what a wonder, what a mystery, I am his and he is mine. I want to say thanks to Jesse Doherty for singing this week and to Abby Mulder who accompanied him on the piano. Also thanks to Heidi Link for reading scripture.